I think Milwaukee's a pretty good brand. I think it is. Uh, it is. A box, yes. Um, you turn to... Um, I am not a handyman. I need help around the handy stuff. Uh, I have other gifts, but being a handyman around my house is not one of them. Um, about everything. I don't know about sprinklers. I, anyway, I'm not going to... Many of you have helped me around the house, and I'm going to need you again. I'm going to need you again. I'm going to need you again. Um, would you turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4? That will be the primary text that we will engage in this morning in our five-week series that we're calling Untangling Legalism. We're taking words that are kind of spoken about a lot in Christian culture, uh, words like confession, uh, conviction, repentance. Today we're talking about sanctification, words that in my experience as a pastor and minister uh, tend to trip Christians up into a way of thinking about their journey with God and life with God in a more legalistic way. And what we're wanting to do is reframe, reclaim these words and reframe them in gospel, truth, and freedom. Uh, and so I hope that today will be uh, more of the same. I, th I think we hear words like confess, convict, repent, sanctify, and we think uh, sin, 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 manage it, manage it, manage it, do better, do better, do better. And what we're wanting to do in the series is reclaiming these words, reframing them so that when you hear them, you actually think, Jesus, 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 empowered, 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 freedom, 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 overcome, overcome, overcome. Even this, rest, rest, rest. And we uh, have been getting uh, some really encouraging feedback from you that this laser-focused kind of series and these words are helping you in some tangible ways. And so I hope that today will be more of the same for you as we unpack this word sanctification. Um, like last week, I'm going to make some uh, points, a few key points, uh, and then we're going to unpack uh, a, a passage out of 1 Thessalonians 4. I will say in the first um, uh, service, we had a, a really funny moment in the first service. So I'm teaching from the ESV today, and Lindsay's out of town, but I grabbed her Bible, and it's one of those ESV Crossway Bibles, and the words on, in this Bible are, are itty-bitty, and the lighting up here isn't great, and I literally couldn't see the words. I'm like, up here, like, I'm 48 years old, I'm like, I'm like, I cannot read the Bible out loud. And my friend Ben Beard from up in the balcony goes, hey, and he literally like chunks these reading glasses to me. They come onto the stage and I put them on. I'm a, honestly, I'm a little embarrassed because I got to do this now. This is where I am in my life now. And I put them on. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can literally read it now. But this is the first time I've ever had to buy these little Walmart Glasses. Like I look at you through them and you're all blurry. I can see you now. I guess this, what is this? I've never had glasses before. It's called like, is this nearsighted or farsighted? I don't even know. I'm so, anyway. So I've got my, and then he gave me this pouch. And my first thought was Papa Swain, my granddaddy. He always had these things like clipped on. It was like, you know, it's what, it's what granddads do. And that's me now, but I'm not a granddad. I'm not a granddad, but I will be using these glasses. So don't be trippy on this when you see me using these glasses. Um, if we can, let's see if this is going to work for me. Key point number one on sanctification. Just the definition. Let's, we, let's start with the definition, okay? Sanctification means to sanctify something simply means to be set apart for a special purpose. To be set apart 
for a special purpose. The word sanctification in the Greek language, which is the original language of our New Testament, the word sanctification is related to the word saint. Saints are sanctified. It's connected to your identity. So when we think about sanctification, I want you thinking about your identity in Christ and who you are in Christ. So the word sanctification is related to the word saint, and in the Greek, when we read our Bible, the word holy translators uh, translated as holy or holiness or sanctification. Both of those words are words that translators, that scholars use to translate the Greek word. So it means saint, it means holy, it means sanctified altogether. The point that I want to make about this is this. When we think about sanctification, it has to do with the truth that in Christ you are a holy saint. Period. Sanctified. Set apart. It has to do with the gift that God has given you. I have always tended in my life growing up thinking that sanctification was up to me. It was like this was my, it was my job. It was my role as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, that I've got to be about the work of sanctification, that it was up to me. But the reality of, of the word, the sanctification, is that it's a gift from God. And it keeps on giving throughout our life. It's a gift from God, and it keeps on giving. And that experiencing sanctification is um, not something that I do. It's actually something that I get my mind renewed to believe. And we receive the gift of sanctification from the Lord. I want to, um, you can turn here if you want to. I'm going to put on my, these fancy glasses um, and I'm going to read a passage out of uh, John. So, um, John 13 to 16, the Last Supper discourse. When we talked about uh, the word conviction, we looked at John 16 and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. After the Last Supper, Jesus goes and prays. It's called the High Priestly Prayer of Jesus. That's John 17. And Jesus is praying for the disciples. And so the context is Jesus praying for the disciples at the Last Supper. And I'm going to read uh, verses 15 to 19. Jesus' prayer. Um, this is, I'm still getting used to this. But I can't read it right now, and now I can. So I'm just going to go with it. Uh, Jesus said, I do not, he's, he's praying to the Father. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 17 sanctify them in the truth. That's the prayer of Jesus to the Father. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word, your word is truth. Sanctify them here. Set them apart from the world by giving them the gift of sanctification, the truth of God, the word of God. That's the prayer of Jesus. Oh, gosh, here we go, here we go. They're off center. I'm like, hey. Um, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. I'm not, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I'm asking you to set them apart in the world. Sent them into the world, and for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Sanctified in truth, sanctify them in truth. It doesn't say, in Jesus' prayer, it doesn't say, Sanctify them by their commitment to be the best obedient disciples in the whole world. It's not what it says. Set them apart 
by your, tell me, truth. Truth is what sets us apart from the world, the truth of God, the empowering truth of God. So that, that is what sanctifies us is truth. And who is he praying would be sanctified? The disciples, the believers, us. Sanctify those people that know me, that call upon the name of Jesus, call them Lord and Savior, set them apart by truth. We're connecting sanctification to truth. We've been talking about this verse over and over the last few weeks. John 8, 32, Jesus said these words. They will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What sets us free? Truth. What what sanctifies us? Truth. 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 Uh, John 16, 13. We talked about this two weeks ago in the message on conviction. The spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes, and he will guide you into all the truth. So we get sanctified in truth. We get We get guided by the Holy Spirit in truth. We get set free in truth. All of it is related to the truth of Jesus, which sets us free. Sanctification is about your freedom. It's about your freedom in Christ. And the catalyst for sanctification is the truth of God. So key point number one, again, to be set apart. It's a gift from God that keeps on giving. Uh, Key point uh, number two is this. I think this is really important to understand. And a lot of believers don't understand this, so we're wanting to reframe this and reclaim this and what is true about sanctification. It's a gift of God. And two, there's a past tense reality to the gift that you are already sanctified. If you are in Christ, if you have uh, confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart, you are saved, you are saved sanctified. Those in Christ have already been set apart. I want to pull up a verse from, uh, I think this is 1 Corinthians, not 2 Corinthians. I wrote that down wrong. 1 Corinthians, not 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. So Paul writes this letter to the church in Corinth. If you read the book of 1 Corinthians, the church was a mess. I mean, it was a mess. I mean, they, they were following Jesus. They were calling the name of Jesus, but it was just, there was all kind of craziness going on. And so Paul, the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, was leading and guiding and correcting and rebuking and training this church in Corinth up in righteousness. There was a lot of things to address, but what I want you to understand is how Paul starts the letter. Before he corrects anything, here's what he speaks over the church in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 1, 1 to uh, 3. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother, and I don't know how to pronounce his name, to the church of God that is in Corinth, those sanctified in Christ Jesus. That's in the past tense. It's already true. They're already set apart. They're already free in Christ. They've already been forgiven and free. It's all done. It's all secure. Their position is solid. It is secure in Christ. It is past tense. Those sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints, sanctification is related to sainthood, holiness, to those called to be saints together with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Verse 3, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, again, is going to address a whole lot of stuff in this letter, but before he does that, he tells them who they are in Christ, and he speaks this positional, 
sanctified, justified position over there. He wants them to understand that their spiritual position is secure. They are already sanctified. Hebrews 10.10, same thing. Uh, There it is. Hebrews 10.10. We have been, past tense, past tense, we have been sanctified. We have already been set apart through the offering. How? The truth. Sanctify them truth. Here's the truth. Sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Hallelujah, church family. Hallelujah. The sanctification mentioned in in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and in Hebrews 10.10, what's mentioned in these verses is a once-for-all separation of believers unto God. It's a work that God has performed, and it's an intricate part of understanding our salvation and the security that we have in Christ. The, uh, the, um, if you read on sanctification, you read theologians, and they talk about this in these kind of fancy theology, kind of seminary-type words, uh, and they'll, they'll, they'll say, like, theologians w- will refer to this as a, as a positional sanctification. Right? Your position in Christ is sanctified or justified. We could, we could say that uh, positional sanctification is the same as you are justified before God. You have right standing before God, not because of a work that you have done, but because of the work that Jesus has done, and we stand justified because Jesus is in us, and we have believed in the message and his work. And so it is a past tense reality, it is a positional reality, and you are secured in your positional sanctification. Now, most Christians think about sanctification this way, and this is part of the understanding as well of sanctification. There's a past tense reality to it, and there's also a present reality. The first point we started with was it is a gift from God that keeps on giving. This is how the gift of God sanctifying us, setting us apart from the world continues to happen throughout our life. We are being sanctified also in the present, in the present, in the now, in the here and now. That we are growing, we are growing, we are maturing, we are learning, we are, we are being liberated, we're having breakthrough in our life. We've, we've had things in our lives that have been tripping us up over many years, and we continue to trip and fall over the same things over and over, and we, we get this revelation, we, we understand this truth, like sanctify them in truth, and we see truth in a new, fresh way in some way, and it literally empowers us to overcome a sin in our life that we have never been able to overcome, and we experience freedom in a new, fresh way. If you've ex- ever experienced that before, and I pray that you have, and I pray that you will, and that I will more and more and more, you are experiencing the gift of sanctification in those moments. We experience Christian growth, and we become more like Jesus. We experience real sanctification in real present time. And that is a gift that God has given to us. And so what I'm hoping uh, to unpack for you before we get to 1 Thessalonians 4 is this, is there is a both-and aspect of sanctification. It's both past tense, there is a positional security that you have, you are sanctified, and also there is a process of the truth of God's word, sanctify them in truth, your word is truth, from Jesus' prayer, John 17, and the work of the Holy Spirit guiding us in 
truth that we become more and more and more like Christ. Those old ways where I've been harsh or reactive to people for whatever reason, that looks like it's moving out of my mind, it's moving out of my heart. I'm being, I'm being sanctified, right? We're overcoming things and we're becoming more like Christ. Here's the main point of what I've, I've tried to unpack with the first three uh, points is this. Sanctification is not becoming who you aren't. It's not this striving, I've got to get there, I've got to do this, I've got to earn it, I've got to do all these things. It's not becoming who you are not. The, the, the true understanding, the reclaiming and the reframing of the idea of sanctification is this, that you're actually becoming more and more and more of who you already are in Christ. You're catching up to who you are positionally in the spirit, that my, my journey here is moving closer to who I already uh, am in Christ and in the spirit. And so there's these three phrases. This is, again, this is uh, more like a... Uh, a slide that will help you understand the past, the present, and the future reality of sanctification. The penalty of sin. Jesus died so that we wouldn't have to pay the penalty of sin. He paid the penalty for us. And when we receive his work for us, we are no longer under the penalty of sin. Hallelujah, you're saved, you're forgiven, you're set free. And you have a positional sanctification. You are justified. And also, the power of sin in the present, that God gives us this gift of empowerment and overcoming things, temptations, things, lies of the world, lies of our flesh, things in our life that we, we overcome the power of sin in our present day lives. That's the present maturing sanctification. And then one day, we will be in glory, and there will be no presence of sin. There's no there's no tears, there's no pain, there's no sorrow, it's just glory. So this is what theologians talk about as the, the past and the present and the future gift of sanctification. And it's been given to us, and we are empowered to understand it so that we can appropriate that so that we live in more and more and more victory in our, in our lives. And so with this in mind, with this understanding of sanctification, I want to look at a passage from the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4. Now, before we get there, I do want you to know, be forewarned, uh, the exhortations here in this passage get, get into the nitty-gritty of our lives. Uh, Paul's going to call out some things around sanctification, believers being set apart from the world. He gets into some nitty-gritty things. He's calling them up to more and more freedom. Why? Because he loves them. It's the kindness of God that leads us toward changing our minds, which change our lives. The question that I want to ask you before we get into the passage is this. Do you, do I, do we trust in the kindness of God, the compassion of God, the love of God, to root out of us what is not Jesus? Do we trust in the present day sanctifying work of the word of God and the Holy Spirit to root out of us what is not Jesus and where Jesus is not going? That's the question I want to ask you to consider as we get into this passage. Um, Paul, again, Paul's a freedom fighter. I mean, we, we, this series is coming out of the book of Galatians. I mean, Paul, Paul is the freedom in Christ guy. 
And everywhere that Paul, every letter that Paul writes, he always begins this. We talked about this in the uh, study in Galatians. He will give you the truth, which is the indicative mood in the Greek grammar. I don't want to get Greeky, too Greeky with you, but when you read Paul's letters, it's always, I'm going to tell you what's true. Here's the indicative truth. Believe the truth. And then he takes the truth and he goes, now, because that is true, now here's the imperatives, here's the exhortations, here's what it means to, to follow Christ and to grow in Christ in more and more and more freedom. That's what he is going to do in this passage as well. Um, and what I'm going to do with our time is I am going to read um, some of these verses slower and unpack them a little bit as we go as opposed to reading the whole um, 12 verses out of First Thessalonians. Um, let me find my way here. Sorry, you guys, I lost my train. Um, okay, here we go. First Thessalonians 4. I'll start with verses 1 and 2. Um, hello, 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 hello. I'm having too much fun up here with these glasses. All right. Finally then, brothers and sisters, finally doesn't mean like, it just means like he's like concluding his letter, like finally, like here's, here's some other things to think about. Brothers and sisters, we ask and we urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to live and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. You're, you're on, you're doing well right? You're doing really well. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that you're doing well. And I also want to urge you and encourage you, go higher up and further in, as C.S. Lewis says in the Chronicles of Narnia. Go further. Go further. Here's what I see Paul saying in these first two verses. Christian growing and maturing in the present um, is never finished on this side of eternity. There's always more grace, more learning, more freedom, more growth for us, more Christ-likeness for us to get to. No matter how far I've come, you've come, we have come in love and holiness, we can still be empowered to continue to mature and grow even more. And this isn't a striving reality. This is a freedom reality. This is a maturing reality for us. There's always more room. That's what Paul is saying. And he's encouraging the church that they're already growing. Just keep going further and higher. Verse 3. This is going to get a little gritty um, into our real lives. Uh, and we're going to let the Word of God be the Word of God and to train us up in righteousness and rebuke us and correct us. Because this, we get sanctified here, right? So you sanctify them in your truth. Paul will start with the indicative, verse 3, for this is the will of God. You want to know, you, you guys ever ask this question, God, what's your will for me? What's your will for me? It's right here. It's right here. You want to know what God's will? You don't have to ask that question anymore. It's right here in the word. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, your sainthood, your holiness. That's the will. That's the indicative. That's the truth. And now he's going to rapid fire some exhortations and some imperatives, and it's going to get gritty into our lives. He's going to be like, here's what, I, here's, here's what sanctification looks like. Here's some ways that we get set apart from the world. The will of God is your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. 
and that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. Right? Nitty-gritty stuff in our lives, real-life stuff for us to consider. Um, The will of God is sanctification. That's the truth. And then the imperatives, he kind of rapid-fires three different things uh, to us. Therefore, exhortation, exhortation, exhortation. Um, Context of this letter, uh, written to a church in in Thessalonica, Roman Greek culture. Uh, In the first century, Roman culture was marked was marked by sexual immorality. I don't think I have to convince you that 2021 American culture is marked by the same thing. But this culture, when the, when the letter was originally written, ideas of like chastity and sexual purity were basically unknown virtues altogether. And in that, in that cultural place, in that message of culture to the Christians in Thessalonica, Paul says, nevertheless, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are to take your stand and your understanding of truth, of sexual morality from God and not from the culture. You're sanctified by the truth. Be careful you don't listen to the truth of culture. I'm calling you to the truth of God's word, which sanctifies you, which which sets you apart as a saint, as a holy believer in Christ. And he calls them, he calls them to that, and he gives them these three very specific exhortations, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. We, We live differently, believers in Christ live differently from the world when we abstain from sexual immorality. That's what Paul's saying. We get set apart from the world. Um, And the word here, the ancient Greek word that's translated here, sexual morality, um, the Greek word is pernea, which is where we get the word pornography. It's a broad, really broad word in the Greek language, the word pernea, uh, that can mean um, any, really any sexual relationship outside of the marriage covenant. That's what Paul is calling the church to do. He is calling them to go against the grain of culture as they understand sexual morality. And if, our, if the church's sexual behavior is no different than those who do not know God, then we are not being sanctified in the present the way the Heavenly Father is calling us to be sanctified. You're still positionally sanctified. That's still true. But in the present, we're not progressively being sanctified. If our lives sexually don't look any different than the world, we're not being set apart in the way that God has called us to. Um, He says, second point, um, that each should learn to control his or her own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Uh, Sexual immorality is the opposite of honor, because it degrades and it debases the self. That's why Paul says, I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 6 or, 6, 6 or 16. But the phrase Paul uses is this, flee sexual immorality. Like, run away from it. No other sin affects your body the way this one does. We're in a battle. We're in a battle with the lies of the world. We're in a battle with our own flesh. And the holy, righteous, true, loving, compassionate, kind word of God is speaking to us about 
how we understand sanctification as it relates to uh, sexual purity. And he says, passionate lust is not a fruit of the Spirit. It is not set, that doesn't set believers apart. It blends in with the world. Now, let me say this. Um, positional sanctification means this, that we stand under the truth that God has totally forgiven and set us free, period. I don't care what your sexual past is. In the spirit of God, it is taken as far as the east is from the west, and it is removed, and God remembers it no more. And what I'm inviting you to consider is in that place of liberation and forgiveness, like, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. He is calling us to be sanctified more and more and more. Uh, in our lives around this issue. Uh, Point three, that no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The simple truth is Christians are called, we're we're called to love. I mean, Jesus said in John 13, they're going to know you're my disciple by the way you love each other. Paul says in Galatians 6, like we're called as, we're called to bear burdens for each other. We're called to be a family. We're called to show up and be there for each other. And Paul's like, look, if you're like biting and devouring each other, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not being sanctified. Being sanctified is understanding that we are for each other and we show up and we serve and we bless and we give. Amen? This is about our freedom. This is about our freedom. Verse 7 and 8. For God has not called us for impurity. Freedom in Christ is... Freedom in Christ isn't impurity. That's not freedom. That's bondage. Don't be blinded by that lie of the world in this culture. God hasn't called us to impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God, who gives us the holy, his Holy Spirit to you. Paul's like, like, I'm giving you the instruction, but if you disregard this, You're not disregarding me. You're disregarding the way of God and the Holy Spirit and the word of God um, for us. Um, We talked about this in the word uh, conviction. We are looking at John 16. Uh, The spirit of truth will come and lead you in all truth. The primary role of the Holy Spirit is to lead us to King Jesus to lead us to freedom in Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Holy Spirit is coming to guide you in truth. The Holy Spirit is coming to convict you of your righteousness, that you have right standing with God so that you know that you know that you know who you are in Christ. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is kind and generous and loving and compassionate and empowering to us, here is the work of the Holy Spirit to resource you for victory in your life. We have been given everything we need for life and godliness. We have been given everything we need. We just need to use the resources that God has given us in sanctification to grow and mature and to be liberated more and more and more and more. Growing and maturing in holiness, being sanctified, catching up more and more of who we already are in Christ, living a life that is pleasing to God, living a life that is increasing in love. Don't you want that? Don't you want a life that is increasing in love and compassion 
for people, for your own self. Let's just start there. How about we just start there? Instead of being so hypercritical and self-abasing of yourself, when you make mistakes, allow the Holy Spirit to convict you of your, tell me, righteousness, empower you to overcome things in your life that have been tripping you up for a long time. And by the way, we have the Word of God to help us, we have the Holy Spirit to help us, and you have a church family to help you as well overcome. And that we're growing and maturing. Oh my gosh, I'm not as reactive. I'm not as reactive as I used to be. I can be be responsive. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know this was possible. I didn't know it was possible like when my kid like this big yellow button on my chest that's called the disrespect button and when they push the disrespect button I like spin like a top and I'm like a, just a rea- reactive unkind father. I'll just be fully confessional with you. That's not who I want to be. That's not who I want to be. That's not Jesus. That's not legalism either. Like, I'm not under a legalistic spirit of religion when I tell you like that. I don't want to be that person. When somebody cuts me off on the road, frustrates me, frustrates me. But I don't need to be all reactive. So when somebody touches that disrespect button, and guess what? People are going to touch it. If you're out there in the social media land, and you throw something out there about what you think, about whatever it is, just be ready because somebody out there ain't going to like it and they're going to... Do you think it's possible? Do you literally think it's possible that the truth of God's word, the truth of the Holy Spirit, and we could help each other when somebody comes and they start pushing that, that you can just be like, I'm at peace. Here's where I am. Here's what I think. Um... I don't disagree, I don't agree, but we can agree to disagree. Like, if you're willing to, I'm willing to listen to you. Are you willing to listen to me? Can we have an honorable conversation around this? Instead of just reaction on reaction on reaction. And what what makes me so grieved right now in my spirit as a pastor, not just, I'm not talking, I'm just talking about the church, is watching, watching and reading the vitriol between believers in Christ come at each other about this, that, and the other. And it grieves me. It's not a witness to Jesus. It's not a witness to Shalom. I want to grow in love. Don't you? Don't you want that? God's given it to us. God's given it to us. Let's finish. Worship team, you can come back up. Uh, We'll finish with 9 to 12 and a few last points. Here is Paul's concluding thoughts on a present-day sanctification process. Verses 9 to 12, so concerning love, so concerning brotherly and sisterly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you about this, for you yourselves have already been taught by God to love one another. Grow in love. Grow in love, church. Grow in love. There is faith, there is hope, and there is love. And the greatest of these is, see, you guys know the scriptures. You know the scriptures, 1 Corinthians 13. For you yourselves have been taught to love one another. For indeed, indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Yes, you're already doing that. You're growing in love. But we urge you to do this more and more. There's more. There's more for you. 
There's more for you to believe. There's more for you to receive. There's more for you to give and aspire to live quietly. Aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs. Another translation may be, and to mind your own business. We think that's like a cultural phrase. Mind your own business is actually right out of the Bible. It's right here. Gosh, that's part of sanctification. It's part of sanctification. Mind your own business. I should say it differently. Let us, let us mind our own affairs. It's like saying like a dad bod. It's like it's not a dad bod. It's a father figure. Have you seen that? It's like that. Like, it's not like mind your own business. It's let us mind our own affairs. Amen? Live quietly. Mind your own affairs. And to work with your hands. Work with your hands. Like get gritty. Paul's a tent maker. Get, get gritty with your hands. God's given you this life and gifts and passions and desires. Like, put it to work as we instructed you so that you may live properly, that you might live with honor before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Or another translation would say, so that you might lack nothing. That's the work of, that's the gift of sanctification. It sits right here. The blessing that we would walk honorably among outsiders and that we would lack nothing. Sanctification is the will of God, and it is a gift of God, and it keeps on giving. Do you trust in the Spirit of God? Do you trust in the work of God? Do you trust in God speaking to you through the community of faith so that we can grow and mature? Don't be satisfied. Let's continue to go higher up and further in. Amen? Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. Lord, I pray your prayer over this church. Sanctify them in truth, Lord. Grow us up in our sainthood, in our holiness. Lord, let us not resist let us not resist the progressive, ongoing, present-day reality of the gift of God to sanctify us, to set us apart for your purposes so that we would live honorably among others and that we would lack nothing because the grace of Jesus is sufficient for me. It is sufficient for us. Lord, we want to be empowered to live quietly to mind their own affairs, to, to fight for purity in our lives, in our families, in our church, so that, so that we would taste and see more and more that you are good. It's a good gift, and it keeps on giving. We thank you, Lord. Would you bless each person in this room as we respond and worship to your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And a couple